What's up, beautiful people, to another episode of Unapologetically Christian. It's me, Ricky Dolls Jr., back again for another, another Monday and another video because people come in contact with these videos throughout the week. However, this is our reading in the book of Acts, but then more importantly, as I talked to my wife, she was like, babe, you know, I'm watching your videos and things like that and listen to the episodes, and I believe you're doing more so of reading and commentary, and so... I'll call it reading and commentary with Ricky, okay? And some great things are in store on this here channel and on the podcast. So definitely going to look out for the new things. However, we're going to go ahead and get into it. For those that don't know, we take 30 minutes to read and commentate as the Lord delivers. Pertaining to the things that we're reading right now, we're going to read through the book of Acts. And then we'll see where we go from there. However, this is something that came about just in talking to God and God was like, you need to read the word. A lot of people aren't reading my word and maybe don't understand how my word flows, how my word should be understood. And so take some time to just read before people sharing what I would have to say through the scriptures and how they can read the scriptures and get revelatory knowledge. Okay, revelatory knowledge of me, God speaking, revelatory knowledge of God from reading the word okay and so that's what it's all about 30 minutes is what we give to it and so i'm gonna go ahead and start the timer after i let you know where i am so i am reading from the new living translation bible it's my bible of choice it's the one i read most often i will go to the king james Version when i want like that original type um edition of the bible and i do have the amplified as well i have an older version of the nid that i will read not the newer version Largely because versions of the Bibles are updated and translated and redone and things like that pertaining to the company or the people behind the Bible, okay? And so, you know, not to get into that, we can do an episode on that as well if you all want to. It's something that I enjoy um, learning about when I did learn about it, but then even talking about because I'm, a lot of people don't think of those things. They just see versions of Bibles and think, oh, it's just the same Bible, another version. Well, no. You have to know who's behind a thing to have an idea behind what you should expect with that thing. So anyway, this is the New Living Translation. We are in Acts chapter 2. We ended on the last video on verse 24. So we'll pick up on verse 25 and we'll see what thus says the Lord. So I'm going to go ahead and start this timer and we will govern ourselves accordingly. And it goes like this. And make sure you stick to the end. I will do a prayer at the end. So you definitely want to get some of that, okay? So Acts chapter 2, verse 25, it says, King David said this about him. Um, I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to riot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. So there I love because, again, it's a re um, look at what David said and many, many texts ago. Like, see, even this part, this was written. Where were we? Usually at the bottom of your Bible, there are some small reference points. So this that I just read was in Psalms chapter or stanza 16 
8 through 11, okay? The Greek version. So, boom, this was written in the book of Psalms, the part that I just read. However, it's in the book of Acts because it's just showing how what was written before is still relevant and necessary today. As far as today in which when this book was written, the book of Acts, that is. And so that's even cool. Just a reminder that it's all speaking the same language and the truth of the past is still the truth of the present, which is now we are in the future of this here text being written and it still is true today. Just a reminder of how God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Still true yesterday, today, and it will be forever for when my children are reading this book and their children are reading this book in God's word. It'll still be true in their generation in their time as it even is in mine, especially as it was back then. And so then it goes on to say, dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself for he died and was buried and his tomb is still here among us, but he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants will sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection he was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. So here it is. Peter, I believe, is still speaking, letting it be known that what David wrote about was about the Messiah, Jesus. Right. And so God had made a promise. And out of that promise was that the a descendant of David would be the one sitting on the throne and that descendant was that person of Jesus. And so even in the book of Matthew, I believe it opens up with the lineage of Jesus. And so if I was even to go look for that, right, which, you know, oftentimes a lot of things are skipped. However, <laughs> um, yes, it is in the book of Matthew in the beginning. It goes from, it talks about, see, verse one of Matthew chapter one, verse one, this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. So there in the book of Matthew chapter one, verse one, it lets us know that Jesus is the Messiah, right? The Messiah that was taught about from God to David and how he is of the lineage of the descendants of David. Again, another reason why you can trust in the word because it's, um, What's well, the opposite of contradict itself, but it uh, verifies itself in various spaces, in the various places, the various verses, which allows for you to be confident and um, not concerned about what it, you are reading. So anyway, it goes on to say, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. We being the disciples, they were there. They witnessed, which we read about in, I believe, the first video where we start reading this book of Acts of Jesus ascending and then being amongst the people, the uh, disciples. And then it says, now he exalted, now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. So here it is. Peter is um, defending what has taken place on the day of Pentecost, where Holy Spirit came down and fell upon them and they began speaking in other tongues, as we talked about in the last video. And so here Peter's like, no, 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 hold on, calm down. The haters was coming in. They were talking about, oh, these people are drunk and they just doing all these things. No, no, no. Peter's like, wait, wait, wait. This is not what took place. Uh, God had for 
the Messiah, Jesus died. And upon Jesus dying, the Messiah being Jesus, uh, God raised him up, put him on his right hand, and then allowed for the Holy Spirit to come uh, to dwell upon us all, right? To be poured out on upon us all. And that's what y'all are seeing here. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies. The Lord said to my Lord, God said to my Lord, which is Jesus, right? There's still one and the same. However, David was giving the differences of who they were, right? The Lord. God being in heaven, sitting on the throne, never leaving his place of authority, was talking to Jesus, whom David was seeing, whom, again, like I said, never was in heaven. And yet he, David, saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, speaking them one to another. So that's pretty cool. And then it goes on to say, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Right. And so, again, again, the beauty of the Bible of how it uh, verifies itself in other scriptures because the 23rd Psalm, which is a very popular uh, passage of scripture or a stanza, which is in the book of Psalms, is a whole other thing. But nonetheless, it says, uh, well, no, it's not It's not there. It talks about how, uh, with me, they Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, no, it's not there. But there is a scripture where it talks about um, the footstool under your feet. I don't, I don't know. Let me see. Is its reference here? This will be 235. Is that reference here? But if you do know that scripture, let us know in the comment section below where it talks about um, making them, your enemies under your foot as a footstool. That's the scripture for that. It's not coming to mind. But again, as you're reading the Bible itself, this allows for you to link everything that you've read together because it is one body of scripture um and so just written to different people and different times for different reasons right but it's talking about the same god the same messiah the same holy spirit was the inspiration behind the text that we see even though the holy spirit hadn't fallen upon the people of the old testament right god was still at word and so it says in verse 36 so let everyone in israel know for certain that god has made this Jesus, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. So that was like a declaration, all right? Largely because uh, the people were the chosen ones who actually chose for Jesus to be killed as opposed to a thief, right? And so Peter was letting the people know, hey, spread the word. I'm telling y'all to go tell y'all other y'alls that the person that we had killed is happened to be the one that is lord and messiah right so when the text says he's king of kings and lord of lords that's that's another place for that but also the messiah but this is very critical because the people uh the jewish people did not believe that messiah would die right and so peter was ultimately saying like what we thought and whom we thought would not be um the person that jesus actually was he truly is and so we're gonna keep going peter's words pierce their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? So here that was revelation given to the people that were listening. They first came in trying to figure out what was going on and what was all this confuffle and this fuss. And then their hearts were pierced. In other words, 
they then began to realize the wrongs that they've done or the mistake that they made or the truth in Peter's words. And then they were open to receive what they should do, which I love because it just reiterates the fact that the truth always prevails. And when you speak the truth, change will occur. And when change occurs, um, people could be set free. Burdens could be lifted and um, um, newness can can definitely take place. So very beautiful. What should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here, the people, they were trying to figure out what, what should we do? What should we do to right our wrongs? Help me, Peter, help me, because I believe what you have to say. And Peter said, hey, first thing you need to do is repent. Repent, in other words, turn from the ways in which you are going about life right now and turn to God. Turn to God. Why? Because God has what's best for you. God knows what's best for you. And God knows what you or he would have for you to do. And so once you do that, you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus for the gift forgiveness of your sins. And that's why we as believers are so enthusiastic about baptism, because it is a symbolism of the death, burial, or resurrection of Jesus. And so Jesus died for, yes, the forgiveness of our sins, but also for the healing of our bodies, right? So there was forgiveness and healing both. And that's um, beautiful display of Jesus's surrendering of self, right? And so, which it comes up in First Peter, I believe two and 24, by his stripes, we were healed, are healed. Um, and so every strike every hit every beating that jesus took on it's said to be linked to either a disease or ailment that was taken care of so that's like deep 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 um and you know we're not here for that right now however we make it to that point right through bible studies or whatever or not but anyway all this to say that's what peter said that the people had to do right and i was even looking at it because they called the others apostles right and the other text it doesn't they called them disciples and so i definitely want to read upon when the switch occurred definitely reading it in between multiple days you know i'm not able to like link it all together so but i'm gonna look into that i'm looking to that and we'll look into that but anyway be baptized and then you receive the gift what is the gift the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, great people. If you have not received the gift, I would definitely pray for you at the end of this here video because the gift is that of the Holy Spirit. However, that gift has so much within it that I believe, which we talked about power, I believe it was the first one, gives you power to ride. And so power to do what? Power to live a life of a believer in a way that God has birthed you, empowered you, enabled you to live. And so without the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, which is a gift that all can receive, right? It's a gift. Here it is. It's a gift, a gift you don't pay for, a gift you can't earn, a gift is freely given to those who will receive. And so because it is a gift, I say that to say it's for all. And so with that gift, it allows for you to do far exceedingly above anything that you can ask, think, or imagine. And that's where that scripture just comes alive, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then there's the other scripture that says, uh, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. And then it goes on to say after that, because people stop right there. But then it says, according to the power that's at work within me, that power is the Holy Spirit. And that's the part many people skip over, which I hate it. I hate it when they stop there. Right. God is able to do exceedingly. Ha! 
abundantly. Oh, yes, Lord. Above all, all you can ask or think, ha, 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 according to the power that's at work within you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you receive the gift, you have that power that's able to do that thing that came above the exceedingly abundantly above all. Right. And so get the whole package. Don't come for a little bit. Get what's all. If a gift, come on now. It, just think about it. If there was a gift of $100,000 on the table, why do I use money? Because people can relate to getting money and they're not going to leave money on the table. Okay. If $100,000 was all laid out on the table and I say, hey, here's the gift for you. Have it all. I want you to have this gift. Gifts on me. Don't worry about it. No strings attached. I love you. I want you to have it. What you going to do? You're going to get it all. If you can't get it all in one handful, you're going to get a bag. You ask somebody to help you out. But I dare not believe that you will leave money on the table because it was a gift for you. So if that's the case in that respect, why not receive the whole gift, all the gifts that God has for you? So here's a gift, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Peter talked about it to these people. I'm talking about it to you today. And it's a gift that you could receive. But again, we'll pray for that at the end of this here video. However, he goes on to say this promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Why is this broken down this way? Because Peter at this time was talking to Jewish people. Those were the people that came amongst the apostles and was asking these questions and saying these things. The Jews that were saying, oh man, like these people that are speaking other tongues are speaking in our languages, but we know them to be of xyz one two three countries and places and things like that cities however now peter is saying that the promise right of the gift of the holy spirit and being baptized and being forgiven forgiven of your sins is a promise to you those that are present but not only you but also to your children your children can receive this here promise but then also to the gentiles who are the gentiles gentiles are people like me who didn't grow up as jews or jewish people right in that time it was jews and gentiles the people um period right so you know where you are in that space so if you are not a jew you are considered a gentile still are considered a gentile and the promise as it was then is still applicable today and therefore you have the same i have we have the same right to the promise Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> and then it says, all who have been called by the Lord, our God, all, all, all means all, right? All means don't, don't leave out. All means, um, there's, there's nothing lacking, missing or broken. All means all. Okay. All. And we are a part of the all. However, we being a part of the all have been called by the Lord, our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So Peter was a long speaker. OK, that was many, many verses that Peter spoke. But then he proceeded to preach longer than that. And what was he saying? He was urging the people to save yourselves from this crooked generation. <clears throat> How were you able to? How? Am I able to? How are you able to save yourself from this crooked generation? Receive the gift of the promise or do what Peter said to them when they asked, what should we do? Repent, turn to God, be baptized, being in receiving forgiveness for your sins. <clears throat> then the scripture goes on to say that God remembers your sins no more. He cast them as far as the east is from the west. Right. And so you don't have to worry about them because he's not worried about them. He's not thinking about them. He God is not holding them against you. But then you also have the ability to receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that is how you are able to save yourself from this crooked generation. 
And then it says, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, all, I mean, excuse me, about 3,000 in all, about 3,000 in all at this given moment and this given day were those that were listening, right? And I believe, it doesn't say it, but I believe that because it only talks about um, Jews coming to here. I believe some of those Jews went back to get their children. Those Jews went back to get their spouses. They went back to go and get their people so that them and theirs could be taken care of, right? Because the Bible lets us know that how people that were devout in their beliefs was like, it's me and my house. Like, it's not just me and the others are without. No, it's me and my house. Like, it's even a scripture, me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. And that's even the declaration of my house. The Ricky Jones Jr.'s house, me and my house, we were so the Lord. That was the case in my father. That's the way he raised us in our household, the same as Crystal's um, household as well. Her father had that same ideation. It's me and my house. Why am I saying this? Because here it lets us know that 3,000 were believed, um, became believers, and were baptized and added to the church of that day. That's a beautiful thing, great people. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I say all that to say, don't leave anybody out. If it's something good for you, surely it could be good and it should be good for somebody else. So don't have a good thing. Don't have a gift that you're receiving, operating in, empowered by and walking through and allow for the person to your left or your right who is struggling, that is frustrated, that feels depleted, that feels hopeless, that is wondering what to do with life and those things like that. Not have that same power, that same gift that you freely receive so share 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 right and then it goes on to say verse 42 all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the lord's supper and to prayer so they came together they became a unified collective group of people and this is a beautiful thing right because this is where the orchestration of community took place post jesus and I say it's beautiful because it's a reminder to me how important and necessary community is. And that's something that me and Crystal are truly, truly for. Uh, I won't say pioneers of, but we think about it all the times from gathering groups of people, being around groups of people, making sure that we're not in isolated conditions of our own. But we know the power and the impact of being around the right group of people will do for you. And so what they did was they were around each other. They fellowship. They listened to the teachings which I could believe these teachings were so rich and so edifying. Why? Because these were teachings of the apostles of people who walked about with Jesus. They had firsthand accounts of what Jesus said, even things that aren't even written in the book. I'm sure they had discussions about, oh, talking about, you know, maybe when Jesus fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. I'm sure there was more discussion as opposed to what we even read about in the text. And so those people, they were like, you tree. They were like, whoa. You do have some stories. Whoa, Jesus was an awesome man. As my pastor would say, Jesus is and was a bad mamma jamma, right? Through all the various things that Jesus did. And even in the book of John, I love how it closes because it says that Jesus did many great works that's recorded in the Bible. However, if we were to record all the different things that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain them all. Think about that, right? So that's how there could be continuous devotions, continuous stories, continuous things that are shared, teachings that were shared amongst the people that were believing and even taking part in the Lord's suppers and to prayer. 
And then it goes on to say, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, right? That is so beautiful. Miraculous signs and wonders were performed by the apostles amongst the people, which led them to be in awe, right? And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had, which is a community mindset, a community example, coming together and sharing everything that they had. Nobody went without, right? I'm sure there were various calibers of people that came together amongst a belief in Jesus as Lord and Messiah. And so they came together and shared all that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in home for the Lord's suppers and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So I could just only imagine just how beautiful it was for people of this time to come together the way that they did. Not saying and nor is the scripture saying this is a model for how believers should be or do as far as like believing in Jesus as Lord and Messiah, uh, selling all that they have coming together. Like, no, this is not saying this is what should happen each and every time groups of believers come together. No, it's showing us what took place at this time in the beginning of believers post Jesus, right? This is what took place. They came together. They sold everything and uh, were united together, sharing meals and so forth and so on. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I say that because sometimes people get caught up in thinking that when you read a thing, this is the way God intends for it to always be. No, this is a, an example of what took place at this time, right? And I see, and sometimes it can go into a bad place where then, you know, they're cult. Some people call them cults, right? But I just call them um, groups of people that are heavenly influenced by a charismatic leader in a sense where that leader will share for them to do various things that they may not even think is a wrong thing to do, but they're just following as the leader is sharing for them to do because why what Peter was talking Peter had people to share all that they had and sell all that they had and bring it together when we eat together and I, whoa okay okay little boy bump your horses ho 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 just and ho 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 uh, this is a unique scenario why because these were the original apostles these were ones that walked about with Jesus and this is the community that came together because it was new it was no community like this. It was no other believers like this in the whole world, in the whole world. It was, these were the only ones, right? And so out of these people, do all of us around the world get our um, understanding and belief of the word, especially from the text as well. However, like, you know, I strongly believe like the different groups, be it the Baptists and non-denominations and all those things that uh, know Jesus as the Messiah and Lord, I believe, you know, this is comes from people's people's filters, right? Anyway, we're not here for that. Maybe that could be a time when uh we're having fireside chat and just talking about it in my house. But anyway, chapter three. We're in chapter three, y'all. Come on now. This is the third video, chapter three. Is it is that gonna be how we do? Anyway, verse one. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part. And the three o'clock prayer service, this three o'clock prayer service. So these people are doing this all day full time. Like if you have a prayer service at three o'clock, I don't know where you're working at. All right. But anyway, as they approached, 
the temple, a man lame from birth was being um a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate and one the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from people going into the temple. Like I'm I'm struggling at reading it because I'm already know what's taking place and I'm like, I'm also hearing from God about God, what you what you want me to say as I'm reading. So yes, I can't read. It's just all of that is happening at the same time. But it goes on to say, I'll read back. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, a man that's been crippled from a birth was carried to the gate called Beautiful each and every day to ask of alms or to ask of money from those that went in. He was crippled for so long that the thought of either being healed wasn't even his desire. He just wanted money to go up by his next day. I'm saying at the set, right? Oftentimes we may find ourselves in predicament situations or circumstances that we don't see a way out. We just looking for a way to maintain ourselves in that situation. However, Peter and John are about to be examples of those who believe and are filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit of how though people may be looking for a way to manage themselves in their mess or their situation. God is one that wants to pull you out of that and not to have you left in that condition anymore. Right. So we're going to keep on reading on Peter and John looked at him intensely and Peter said, look at us. Peter and John stopped what it was doing and looked at him. Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Come on now. Y'all know beggars on the side of the road. Well, here in Tampa, Florida, uh, they're beggars at some stoplights. Not all, at some stoplights. And if you were like to hunk your horn, if you would say, hey, look at me. That joker going to look, that person, not joker, that person going to look intently thinking, oh, I got some money coming. However, it says, verse 6, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. What a beautiful situation. Now, that beggar did not expect or know what was about to take place because such thing has not been done openly, right? It says of how signs, miraculous signs and wonders were done amongst the believers, having the people in awe. But outside of the temple, outside of the people, those things weren't being done, however, now it's the time where it's time to see God do what God does, right? And it says, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, here is what the gift has the ability to allow for those who believe to be able to do. Peter and John were asked for money, were asked for alms. Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have playboy. Excuse me, let me, let me not add who I am to the text. Silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Stand up and walk, right? But declare whose power I'm speaking in, right? In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. 
So Peter is letting me know, I'm not saying it's of my own will, of my own authority, of my own power. It's of the power and the authority, the ability and the anointing of Jesus the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Took the man by the hand, lifted him up. As he lifted him up, I'm sure that man hasn't been lifted up like that since he was probably two or three years old. I'm sure when he was born, his parents tried to lift him up, tried to get him to walk, tried to give strength to his legs. Maybe he went through a period where he did some physical therapy. Probably not because here he is at the gate begging and they didn't say his parents took him to the gate. He said people would bring him to the gate each and every day. So it could be that his parents already passed. But why am I saying this? Only because he hasn't had somebody to say, take my hand to stand up and walk. I'm sure in a many, a many a years until people. Peter came. Peter came with that gift. Peter came with that power. Peter came with that experience of being used by God to perform signs, miracles, and wonders. And here, a miracle is about to take place when Peter took the man by the hand, lifted him up, and as he did so, the man's ankles started to come together. The man's legs started to come together. What did that bad boy say? Let me see. The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened instantly, instantly instantly the boy they healed and started to come together and were given strength giving the man the ability to not only stand up right the man where from he instantly healed he jumped up right the man stood on his feet jumped up stood on his feet and began to walk but then not only did he begin to walk but then he began to leap and praising god come on now come on y'all can't tell me there's a power out there that gives the ability for others to be able to have strength and ligaments that weren't given strength from their birth. But the man ankles, the man legs started to come together, started to get strength within, gave him the ability to leap up, to stand up, to walk and to praise God. And I thank uh, Peter for the example in which he did because upon the man receiving strength in his legs a strength that he had not had for his whole life he immediately praised god why because peter said in the beginning of their interaction that it's not in me in the name of jesus the nazarene get up and walk if Peter left that part out, I'm sure that man would have jumped up, left up, gave him a hug, said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, my gosh, what is your name, man? What? How did you do this? How did you perform this? It's going to be a man that we're going to read about that had a power like Peter show. But however, he wanted the power to be uh, recognized as him as the source of the power. But, we you know, we're not there yet. No, we get there today because I'm already over 30 minutes. However, all of that to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there's a great power that comes with Holy Spirit being within you, right? Coming upon you and dwelling within you. And so I say all that to say it's a power that you do want to have. It's not one that solely is around you speaking in tongues. Yes, that is a part of it, right? And there's benefits to speaking in other languages or speaking in other tongues. We talked about that last video of the breakdown of those various things. But then outside of that, there's a power. Uh, for the world. There's a power for those in your community. There's a power for those in your vicinity. There's a power for those in your workplace. There's a power for those that are even in um, your grocery stores, your church houses. Um, there's a power, right, that God has indwelled upon you through the functioning of the Holy Spirit. And when you allow for that power to be at work, you get to see things like this manifest 
And I remind you all that prior to this man being healed of his legs, of his ankles, of his distorted ligaments from birth, they first did this amongst the believers. They first did this amongst people who believed as they did, which even had those believers in awe. So you can only imagine the awe that this man had that was sitting outside of the temple, sitting outside of the gate. Just think about it. The, the temple was here that Peter and John was going through. There was a gate that was out, that was, uh yeah, on the outside of the temple. And the man was on the outside. So the man didn't even see the things that took place in the temple. However, he had a temple experience on the outside. What am I saying? Everywhere that you go, being indwelled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, you have the capability to allow for people that you come in contact with to have temple experiences. Temple interactions. Holy Spirit-led uh, distractions, right? Distractions to a present norm because God has a future intention for your life. So all of that to say, great people, man, I, I could go on and on, but I definitely want to stay within my confinement of time because it allows for um, me to just have some discipline and to, uh, you know, integrity. And, but then outside of those things, but just give you those things that allow for you to read the word, be inspired by the word, be empowered by the word and realize how reading the Bible, the word of God allows for the excitement, the joy and all the other things to be added to you. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pray as I said I would. This prayer is to allow for those who haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit to receive that gift. But then also for those that desire to read the word, that they do so with the ability to have an understanding of what they're reading, to have a joy and excitement of the things that they are reading, and to look forward to reading more. Because the more and more that you read, the more and more you are equipped and powered and are able to withstand the wiles and the tricks of the enemy, right? So... Let's pray. I thank you, Lord God, for this great, 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 great day and all that this day has in store. Whatever day come, people come in contact with this video, I thank you, Lord God, that upon reading your word in the book of Acts, we are inspired by the functioning of the Holy Spirit and the power that comes by those whom the Holy Spirit falls upon and lives within. And so right now, I pray for those that are desiring, truly desiring to be filled by the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, their desire does not go unmet, but Holy Spirit will fall upon them. Holy Spirit will dwell within them. Holy Spirit will be expressed through them today and forevermore, Lord God. I thank you that even if they don't feel a tangible feeling or presence of the Holy Spirit, I thank you that they will have the gift of speaking in other tongues of other languages. I thank you that they will have uh, a sense of comfort of the Holy Spirit living within them, knowing that they are loved by you, Lord God. Know that you are dwelling within them and knowing that they have everything that they need and therefore they have the ability to succeed, Lord God. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is an advocate for them, sharing with them the things that you, Lord God, are sitting in heaven on your throne, thinking and saying and planning for them. Lord God, I thank you that they will have a clear knowledge and hearing of you in ways in which they never have before, but they will recognize and know that it's because of Holy Spirit dwelling within them that they have that clarity of hearing. And I thank you, Lord God, that they are believers. I think that they will repent. As Peter said, they will repent, turning from the things, the wrongs that they know that are wrong that they've been doing. And they will turn to God, seeking God as the way in which they should live life and live an abundant life. And I thank you, Lord God, that all is well 
in their days, in their ways, in the days that are to come. Also, thank you that as they read the word, they will see themselves more and more because the word is revealing to the reader. And I thank you that every time that they see and read the word, they see it as a mirror because it shows them who they are. Now the Holy Spirit is within them. They have the equipment and the power to do the things that have been done because Holy Spirit is within them. So, Lord God, I thank you. I'm thankful for you. And I look forward to other days and opportunities that I have to share with those in which you love, which are those that are watching. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be before you all and whatever way it, it, it touches you or reaches you. Definitely give me a thumbs up and even comment down below. Let me know how it touched you, how it reached you, how it benefited you. So, you know, it could be inspirational, right? And again, we do look to go live. So that's going to be fun. I'll probably go live on YouTube and maybe Facebook, just doing it in a way to reach more, but then getting it right back to uh, YouTube because I believe it's less clutter and um, it'll just be more profitable for those that are seeking it and desiring it. So with that being said, I love you all. I appreciate you all. And until next time, get into the word. Peace.